Good morning. You're listening to Real Life, Real People Radio. Thank you for joining us today. It's a beautiful day, and we're so thankful that you're here. Today, we're going to talk about faith and how you can grow your faith. And so I thought about I would invite a friend of mine to come and share her story of faith, how she trusted in the Lord with all of her heart and how she met the Lord, how she knew the Lord was in control and God was going to be faithful to her and her faith grew so much. And so we're going to talk to her in just a minute and her name is Margaret and I can't wait for you to hear her story. It's very impactful, it's very encouraging and it'll bring you hope for today. But before she starts and before we get into the interview, I would like to invite you to sit back and relax, grab your favorite cup of coffee, grab hold of your Bibles, but most importantly, grab hold of Jesus Christ and he will bring the Bible to life for you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for opening our hearts so that we can hear what it is that you're wanting to share with us today. And we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who came and died and resurrected and lives so that we may live, Lord. And thank you for the salvation that is ours in Christ. And Lord, we just thank you for faith. We thank you that we have faith. And we know that you say a little bit of faith can move mountains. So Lord, help increase our faith. Help us to see you in all that we do and to know that you're in control and are going to help us every step of the way. So guide us today, each and every day. And we love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, today I've brought in a special guest, a friend of mine named Margaret. And she is coming to share a a really impactful story that was part of her story, part of her life. And, and part of her faith journey. Here she is, Margaret Sears. How are you, Margaret? I'm doing real well. Good. It's so good to see you. And I just want to thank you for saying that you would do this interview. I didn't give you much notice, did I? Not much. <laughs> I called you yesterday and you said, I'll do it. And I just thank you. I mean, when we tell our stories, we're giving God glory. And I know that's what you want to do. But anytime we have an opportunity to do something for the glory of God, that's our blessing. If we don't do it, somebody else gets that blessing. Yes, yes. and so you are blessed today and highly favored for coming in and just shining your light and sharing with these people who are listening today about faith. So before I, you introduce your story, I wanna talk a little bit about you. You and your family moved to Mount Vernon years ago, probably, what, 30 years ago? Or 35. 35 <laughs> years ago, a long time. You moved to East Texas, and you have served, you and your husband have served in the school districts and the community and the church, and you've done so much um, in our city as well. You are a former mayor yes. of Mount Vernon, Texas. Yes, seven years. Yes, and that's amazing what you got to do and be a part of, and and so thank you for your service. I wanted to thank, thank you. you. And um, in addition to that, you have a lot of children and grandchildren. Yes. And great-grandchildren. Yes, three. Yay. So, wow. What a wonderful family. Isn't that yes. wonderful? 
But of all those things that you've done, I know you would say the most important relationship that you have is with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And why? Because he's always been there, no matter Mm -hmm. what. Mm -hmm. The problems are the good times and the blessings. He's always there. Amen. He is. He never leaves us or forsakes us. No. Ever. And so when you grew up, did you grow up with this type of faith? Did you grow up in the church? Tell us a little bit about your growing up. I grew up in a rural church. Mm -hmm. Uh, My parents were involved. My mother was a Sunday school teacher. My dad was the church clerk, and I was always there. It was vacation Bible school, Kool-Aid, and everything. (laughs) I was there, and I spent a lot of time with the Bible, learning Scripture, memorizing scripture it was an important part of our family Mm -hmm. it was something that was important to them that we had a strong foundation Mm -hmm. and aren't you glad because the story you're about to share that fits in your foundation you had as a child and as you grew up learning the scripture and and really taking it to heart writing it on the tablet of your heart when you needed to know those words to help strengthen you, you remembered. And and God is our foundation and our hope. I just don't understand how people can have hope without God. You have to have that faith. You do. It's an anchor. It's it's our Mm -hmm. foundation. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um, You talked about you memorized scripture. Was that something that came easy for you? At that time, not when you get old. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, you know, I know what you're saying because I know some of the words, but I'm like, now where is that? Where, what book is that in and all that? But, you know, we can Google now to find exactly where it is or look at the index of our Bible. But the most important thing is to stay connected to God and to really read your Bible. Do you still read it and and try to memorize it and talk about the words to your I know you do with your children and grandchildren yes we we you do sure? and I I can t- when things happen in their lives I still pull from what I have learned uh-huh. or examples in the Bible that God gives us yes, for yes. a movement in our lives. yes oh how wonderful how rewarding and how rich there's those are the riches and treasures in heaven that you're talking about Okay, well, we're going to get straight to this trial because it's it's a really interesting story and it's very detailed and I don't want you to skip a detail and we've got, you know, about 20 minutes to, to talk about this. And I remember when you first shared it, probably about five years ago, I heard you share it and I was just so amazed and not amazed at what God can do, but just really amazed at your faith and how you stood strong and and just really what happened because of that so i i want everyone to hear about this if people are like well i don't know i don't know if i have faith or or believe i mean let's let's go to this story and after you hear this story if you're listening i believe you're gonna you're gonna know that, that there is a god and he is faithful and he does what he says he's gonna do so Let's go back. How old were you when 
this particular situation happened in your life? 23. Okay, so you're 23 years old. You're living where? Close to Weatherford, in the rural area okay. of Weatherford. Okay, and did you have children? I had a two-year-old daughter, and I was six months pregnant. Okay. And my husband was a school teacher. He was a principal of a rural school. Okay, so you were at home doing what you normally do. You just it was morning time. Yes, it was morning, okay, and I so was take in the us ba back. I was in the backyard with my daughter, mm -hmm. and uh, we were playing and talking. My husband had left to go to school, and actually, I was sitting in a chair in the backyard, and uh, a man walked up. He had a was not driving, he walked into my yard and had a gun in his hand and he told me he wanted my car and for me to get in the car. Oh wow, I, oh, my, I can't even imagine, I oh my picked, gosh. I picked up my daughter yeah. and I got in the car. Really? I did. You just got right in? I did, I just, I was told to do it and wow. I was, he had the gun, and I recognized what it yeah, was. Yeah. I, that in that period of time, guns were used for hunting, yes. not for oh. people, oh, and yeah. uh, it was a frightening time. But what's important for a Christian is when how you react mm -hmm. when things happen mm -hmm. to you, good and bad. Mm -hmm. It's how you react to them. And so how did you react? Were you calm? Uh, yes, I was at that point. I was calm. Wow. I got I in the car. The keys, we always leave keys in the car. Yeah. So he got in. He put the gun in his lap, and he backed out of the driveway, and he started driving. Uh, and your daughter went in the car with you, too? Yes. He told me at that time that he had just killed a person. <gasps> and oh. that I should do exactly okay. what he said. Okay, so that's, so that's why you got in the car. I don't blame you. Wow, okay. And at that time, of course, there weren't cell phones or anything. This is back years ago. Yes, yes. Okay. The, and, <clears throat> I learned, he turned on the radio and started turning it. And uh, as we went down the road, I learned that he had spent 16 years in prison for killing his mother's boyfriend. He had been out of prison for two weeks and he had killed another man in Texarkana. Oh, wow. At that point, the emotions got me and the tears started running down oh, my bet. cheek. So you heard this all on the radio. Yes. So they were announcing on the radio, a lookout, there's a did he escape from prison at the time? No, he, no, no. He, he had just killed some, like just killed someone. He had killed someone, and that night he had raped a girl. Oh, that no. was what the she, night before he well, came to your right house. Right before he came to my house, mm -hmm. he had raped a girl. She got away from him, and that's took the car. So that's why he was afoot. Oh, okay, okay, I see. Okay, so he's got, you're hearing all this and you said you, the tears just started falling. And what what were you thinking? I mean, you couldn't get a hold of your husband. He didn't no. know where you were. Well, and my name wasn't mentioned. Now, my husband was teaching okay. and the cooks in the kitchen 
had the radio on and they heard the alert because that woman that had been raped went to the police okay and that's how the police knew there was a problem in the area they went to my husband and told him and he went to home to see if you were okay yes and because he tried to call me and I didn't answer mm. when he got there I always put when my wedding rings and things I put in the window in the kitchen okay he saw them up there and that's when he knew that there was something wrong that I wouldn't have just walked out and oh. left my rings oh. in the window Oh, I can't even imagine what's going through his mind. Oh, my gosh. And just all. So then what did he do? He contacted the police and told them that they, um, of course, at that point, we were rural, and it was the sheriff that Mm -hmm. he contacted. And uh, it took him a while to convince them that uh, I was actually gone. They thought that... You know, have wives leave their husband or go shopping. Mm, yeah, yeah. They weren't real sure that that, that something had happened to mm, me. Mm. And uh, as I went down the road and I was crying, the man said to me, If you don't stop crying, I am going to shoot you and push you out that door. <gasps> Oh my gosh. At that point, I stopped crying. The Lord took care of me. Yes. I, the tears stopped. Wow. And, and that's when the Lord started giving me scripture. Mm, I love it. And uh, the first one that he gave me was, uh, if a man compelled you to go one mile, you're to go two. And that comes from Matthew. Uh, I thought about it. I couldn't imagine uh, go two miles with this person. He's compelling me to go with him. But for me to go two, what purpose does that yeah, do yeah. for anybody? Right, right, right. As, as we continued on down the road, uh, there's another one that came to me, that if a man take away your coat, Give him your cloak also. Here again, you think about it. It was not winter time. If he wanted my coat, why am I supposed to give a cloak? And that's when the Lord supplied to me a purpose. If he already had me, he had my daughter, he mm-hmm. had my unborn child, he had my car. He could take everything from me. What did I have that he did not have? And that's Jesus Christ. Mm, mm. And I started telling him what about my Savior and what he could do for him and what he had done for Mm. me and my family and my belief that God is always in control and that he cares for us. His reaction was, I have done too much. Well, he had. He had killed two people. He had tried to kill another person. He had raped a woman. And I didn't know what else he had done. But he kept saying, if someone had told me what you're saying right now, my life would be different. 
So he was listening to mm-hmm. me, but he wasn't believing. He wasn't receiving what you had at the moment. No. He was still caught up in what he had done and what he was doing. He was trying to escape, yeah. and you were his hostage, yes. and that was all that was on his mind. He didn't That's want to go to, back to prison. And, and he did not want to be arrested for yeah. what he had just Ex- done. Exactly. But what you told him was about how to live, how to have life. Jesus comes to save us all, even the sinners. That's right. And I know you probably said he will forgive you. He forgives you. Did you yes. talk about forgiveness and what did and he say? That no matter what you've done, right. God can forgive you. It yes. doesn't matter how bad you have been. He can wipe the slate clean. Amen. And you have a fresh start mm-hmm. with your life. Mm-hmm. You but just he, have to believe. He still wasn't receiving it? No, no. Okay, so what other scriptures or what other thoughts came to you? Did God just give you that peace? Yes, he, he took care of us. I was in. He kept me for nine hours. Oh. And in that nine hours, my two-year-old never had to go to the bathroom. Wow. She never asked for food. Uh, He took care of, God took care of us. Now, he stopped in a park. He had been drinking. You could smell the liquor on him. And he wanted, the park had a fountain. Mm -hmm. And he wanted a drink of water. And the way he did it was he took my child and held my child and said, you do what I say. And he went into the park, got his drink, brought my child back to me, and uh, we went on down the road. Oh, I can't imagine. He uh, used, he stopped the gas, Uh because we were traveling. And he used a credit card. I didn't have any money with me. Yeah, yeah. You're like, sorry, I have the car, but no money on me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he used a credit card. And it was, eventually I learned, it was the credit card of the man he had killed in Texarkana. Mm -hmm. So that was probably a clue that led them to find him. Yes, they. And uh, we... uh, I had a, he had a flat tire. Mm-hmm. He pulled off and changed it, and uh, we eventually got to San Antonio. He drove around. He went into the, a wooded area and stopped and sat there. At that point, I think he was thinking about killing us, mm-hmm. getting getting rid, so mm-hmm. he could go on. And he said to me at that point, I could just go back to the road and put you out, but you would be just as much danger there as you are right now. And he backed out and drove into the city of San Antonio, drove around some blocks, and then all of a sudden he stopped and he said, you drive. He got out. And I slid over, and I drove. (laughs) I went about two blocks, and there was a service station. I Wait, real quick. Why do you think he wanted you to drive? To get rid of me, get rid of the car. He was was distancing himself from us. He was setting us for the Lord. 
restored us yes to, yes to to our lives and uh, god was in every detail yes now when he told you to get to the driver's side was he he was in the passenger side no he was driving at that time he opened the door got out and said you drive and i slid over okay. to get under the steering wheel okay and, and then he got in the passenger side. He, he, he went to the back of the car. He disappeared. Oh, yeah. so he didn't get back in. No, he just he set me free. Oh, that was when he set you free. Yes. Okay, wow. And I drove about two blocks, stopped at a service station. My daughter had had a quarter in her pocket. I took it and handed it. Of course, I started crying again at that point, and I handed it to the service station, and I said, I need the police, and the sir scared the service man. <laughs> there was a police car down the block, and the the service guy just started running. It yeah. scared him. <laughs> I scared him enough. Yeah, he's he, like, what in the world? Yeah. yeah. And uh, then they brought the police back to me yes and uh, hallelujah I, and you I, were free I was and free. saved now okay god was in every detail here because it could have gone so many other ways yes i mean he thought about dumping you you said a couple of times he mm -hmm. thought about killing you yes. he thought about just you know going off and leaving you but you kept talking to him didn't you yes I, 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 you never quit talking and talking and and trying to encourage him. Did you sing at all? No, I can't sing. I can't hear it too. Okay, okay. But what what other things did you talk about? Because I can't imagine. I mean, you you quit crying because he yes. told you to. Yes, and and I didn't cry anymore. But I talked to him about my life yeah. and how the Lord had taken care of who I was and uh, what the Lord can do for us. Yeah, and yes. uh, Jesus came on earth to for us just individually every not mm -hmm. just everybody it's individually i'm he came just for me and he came just for you exactly and all you have to do is accept mm -hmm. and believe mm -hmm. uh, so did you ever hear uh what happened to him yes uh he got almost to the border that was what he was trying to get into Mexico, and he almost got there. They picked him up close to he he kidnapped another person, mm. and they almost got there. But the border parole parole picked him up, and eventually he came back. They brought him back to Texarkana. He stood trial for in Texarkana for murdering the man there. And then they brought him back to Weatherford. Now, at that point, kidnapping without a demand for ransom, there was no crime. Really? It is, it is now. Okay. Because of what happened to me, our legislature changed that law mm. that if you're taken against your will, even though there's no demand yeah. for ransom or money, is still a crime mm -hmm. and but they brought him back to weatherford uh someone witnessed to him in the jail it was a jail ministry 
and I was told that he did make a profession of faith, but I never did know other than he spent the rest of his life in prison, Texas prison, mm-hmm. for uh, murder. Mm-hmm. He had murdered, raped, and attempted murder. Yeah. And Texas. do you know if he's still alive today? No, he's not alive. Yeah. Well, Margaret, you planted these seeds. You really did. I mean, I feel like what you talked to him, because he said, if someone just would have told me. And so that's why it's so important to share our faith. That's and even in that situation, I mean, you, you could have done so many other things, but your faith was so strong that you leaned on God and you shared the truth of the gospel, that everyone can be saved. Everyone that believes can know Jesus Christ and have eternal life. And so our hope today is that this man did, in fact. Yes, I hope he hope he did make a true mm-hmm. profession mm-hmm. of belief in Jesus mm-hmm. Christ so mm-hmm. that he is saved. And bad things happen to all of us. And one of the things that's comforting to me, in Luke, the Lord told Simon that the Satan had asked for you, but he may sift you for wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith shall not fail. And if the Lord is praying for we Christians that our faith doesn't fail, that's something to hang on to. Yes. That no matter what, the Lord does pray for us that we maintain our faith. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to give up mm-hmm. and not have the faith that God is in control mm-hmm and that he is going to have a hedge of protection for us and that he will, bad things are going to happen to us, Mm -hmm. but he is there to get us through it. All the time. You know, I love this scripture in Psalm 28, 7. It says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts. I am helped and my heart exults and with my song I give thanks. And you did have him as your strength and your shield during that hard time. And I know you said you don't sing, but I know you, you can't carry a tune, but it doesn't matter. You sing with your heart and you give thanks every day that he saved you and your unborn child who is now, how old is he? Oh, 65. Yes. And your daughter who was with you that day. Yes. Yeah. And how, how awesome that the Lord did that for you and your husband. Now, I can't even imagine what Walter, your husband, was going through at the time. and just. But that first embrace, when he found you, I guess he made his way to San Antonio. Or how did y'all first get back together? A radio station yes. in San Antonio wanted the story and the pictures. Uh-huh. And they uh, flew a plane up to Weatherford, picked him up. Oh. And flew him to San Antonio. He, he oh. and my dad. Okay. They flew them to San Antonio. And when you walk by the stands mm-hmm. for magazines and things like mm-hmm. that, can you imagine walking by and seeing your picture flashed all over True Detective Mm-mm. and all those magazines? I can. <laughs> I bet you can. Do you still have some of those? Yes, I still have the magazines that 
Rawl published the story. They wrote big stories. It made the front page wow. in Dallas, Fort Worth, wow. San Antonio, mm. Midland. Yeah. It, and there's one other part of this story that for me, uh, as it got dark that night, close to 6.30, my home church that I grew up called a special prayer meeting. Mm. My church that I was belonged to near Weatherford called one at that exact same time. And my husband's sister's church in Mineral Wells called a prayer meeting at that exact same time. Wow. And that's the exact time that the man got out of the car and walked away. Yes. Oh, wow, Margaret. You saved the best for last. <laughs> God heard their prayers mm-hmm. and right then released you. And I just, I love that. And if anyone does not believe in God and the power of prayer, boy, after hearing your story, I believe they will because that, that is so, that is just so powerful. And wow, mm. you were in a battle, weren't you? But you yes. were ready because you had your sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And you had your faith and you knew that your God would help you. And, you, and your daughter and and you just you were calm and that can only be explained by the grace of God yes only God yeah because in your natural human without God you couldn't have done that you may have still cried and he may not have saved your life he I mean the man may have killed you yes you know but you had your faith and you were strengthened and so wow well Margaret, this is just such a powerful story, and why do you think this is important today that we share our faith? There are people out there that need Jesus as their Savior, and if we don't share it, they're going to be like that man was, if only someone would have told me, and that's the Mm -hmm. only way Mm -hmm. we can be messengers for Christ. is to share and to tell what he has done for us and what he has for them that's available. Not only salvation, but he has peace that he offers us and contentment and satisfaction. There's so many things as a Christian that he offers us that we need to share that he can do for each and every one of us. That's right. You said it well. That is so true, Margaret. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think we're all looking for peace right now and hope. And that's all available through Jesus Christ. You just have to ask and believe. And even in the storm like you faced, even during that time when you thought, I can't believe I'm going through this. You really didn't focus on that. You focused on God. He saved you. We can't keep bad things from happening. They're happening all around us all the time. But we can keep our eyes on Jesus and not become fearful. That was the one thing that I wanted afterwards as I thought about it. I did not want to become a fearful person. I did not want to lock down my doors and shut people out. I wanted to remain open 
tough people and I did not want to teach my children to be afraid of other people. Yeah. And I worked hard at not being a frightful person. Yes, yes. Only through God. And only through God. That's right. Fear Him only who can destroy both body and soul. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming in and sharing this powerful story, and I'm so glad that you had your God that day. He was right there with you in that car, and He's with us wherever we go, and He's with us today and every day. Hallelujah, right? Yes. So, well, thank you again for being here. Let me close us in prayer, and um, thank you so much for joining us today if you're listening, and um, we just, we thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much just that you do give us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And Lord, we just thank you for this story. We thank you for being there as you were with Margaret years ago in that car. And Lord, thank you that she wasn't afraid. She was not afraid to share her faith. And Lord, you are always with us. All we have to do is call out your name and ask for you to be there and you will come. You are our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being with us. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Real Life, Real People Radio. If you would like to hear more episodes, simply search Real Life, Real People Radio on Apple, Google, and Podbean Podcasts. And remember, every day will be a good day when you get real with God. Real Life, Real People Radio, copyrighted 2023. All rights reserved. Real life, real people, real faith, Jesus the center.